0: Backstories is an annual multi-sited storytelling festival located in the suburbs of Perth and beyond. Produced by the team at Centre for Stories, Backstories gives community members the chance to spend an afternoon with friends and family in the comfort of a neighbour's backyard and enjoy hearing local music and stories from trained storytellers. Backstories was possible with generous support from our sponsors, Lottery West, the Department of Local Government Sport and Cultural Industries, and the Centre for Stories Founders Circle. This is a live recording of our Backstories event located in the suburb of Netherlands. Recorded on the 20th of March 2021, this afternoon featured live music from Wilton Kerr and emceeing from Sadia Ahmed. The story you're about to hear is from Valerie. It was March 2020,
1: and my doctor looked deep into my eyes and said, I'm so sorry, Valerie. I think you might be losing your baby. I fell into this deep state of shock. It was only seconds before that I had so much joy. I was finally going to become a mother, something that I had always dreamed of. I dreamt of passing on the wisdom of my Nigerian mother to an extension of myself. My doctor was urgently calling the ultrasound technician, and I just couldn't digest it all. I was overwhelmed. She was giving me instructions like, drink a liter of water, hold it for an hour, don't pee. Do you have anyone that can take you there? I couldn't comprehend what was happening. I felt like I was in this nightmare that I was hoping to wake up from. I was surprised that I even made it home after that. I felt like I was living outside of myself. I remember calling my little sister all the way in America and, I think it might've been 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning in Los Angeles, and I remember her kind of sounding quite sleepy, saying, hello. And I told her, my doctor just told me I'm gonna lose my kid. I don't know what to do. And I fell to my knees. And I begged God, please don't take my baby away from me. Spirituality has been such an integral part of my being. It has kept me centered and balanced. It was all that I had at this point. It was my glimmer of hope. After that, I I headed to my appointment. I laid down on the table and the technician kind of casually walked in and said, how can I help you? And with an intense stare, I said, I'm here for you to tell me whether my baby is dead or alive. He began to scan my uterus, and after a minute, he told me something that I was hoping to hear. It's okay, I can see a baby. I think you'll be fine. And I was able to just breathe a a breath of relief. (sighs) My dream was intact, maybe with a little bit of tape on it, but it it was still intact. The next day, I was back in my wonderland. I was going to be a mother. I was getting ready to catch up with friends. I was going to an outdoor cinema, and I was picking my husband up from the airport. All was well. I went to the cinema, and I saw friends that I hadn't seen in a, a long time, and I remember us like laughing and joking and eating popcorn. That was one of my favorite things to do <laughs> at the cinemas, and as the lights began to dim and the film began, I felt this sharp pain in my uterus. And I was like, I'm watching a movie. Let me just keep enjoying my popcorn. I am not gonna pay attention to that. I don't know what that is. And then halfway through the movie, the pain became so excruciating that I could no longer ignore it. I had to excuse myself to the restroom. And as I opened the door and I stepped in, my life changed forever. I was having a miscarriage, and I fell into this abyss of darkness. And I remember running in the middle of the night, running and trying to escape this horror. And for the next few hours, I was giving life to death. I was having my miscarriage, and it was both a physical and emotional painful moment. And I remember looking at my husband with bloodshot eyes and saying, I I can't let go. I can't. I can't let go. And he grabbed my hands and he lent his forehead onto mine and said, you have to let go. For the next month and a half, I fell into a deep state of depression. I couldn't eat. I could barely sleep. I was having nightmares. And I couldn't go home. I couldn't go home to America. I couldn't rest in the bosom of my mother. And every time I tried to utter what had happened to me, I felt this hand choking me and silencing my pain. And then one day, as the sun was rising and I could see it glimmering through the curtains, I realized that I could no longer identify with my pain. It wasn't helping me or nurturing me, it was killing me, and I felt like I was dying each and every day. So I mustered enough strength to crawl to my meditation corner. It's something that has always been really important to me, but ever since my miscarriage, I just couldn't find the courage to do the things that I once loved. But at this point, I crawled into my meditation corner and I closed my eyes, and I unclenched my fists, and I said, I surrender. I surrender. Tears rushing down my cheeks, that's all I could say. I knew nothing else. And each day, all I had was the strength to sit down and still my body, still my mind, still my restless thoughts, and be one with a higher source, more than my physical body. And then my turning point came on one meditation, where I realized that what I believed was this traumatic moment in my life, what I thought had broken me into small pieces, was actually my light. It was the flame that illuminated all the walls that I had built for years since I was a young child. It was the first time that I could see the walls that kept me from feeling worthy. It kept me from experiencing true love. It kept me attached and identified to my fears. And each day I would look at those walls for the very first time, and they began to slowly crumble. And then one day, I began to feel this divine, unwavering sense of love. And as I continued to meditate with each day, I soon became this beautiful love that my younger child needed. And at that moment, when I was becoming love, the Black Lives Matter movement was emerging here in Perth, Western Australia. And I remember thinking, All of these people think that this is about anger and rage and violence and hate. They can't see that's a call to love. And so I felt like it was my purpose to speak at the speech. And just a disclaimer, I am no activist. I've never called myself one and I've never really done anything in that manner but I remember going to the Black Lives Matter protest meeting and sitting there with these beautiful Aboriginal elders and people, and people from all walks of life. And Pop Ben Taylor, the Noong'a Elder said, would anyone like to speak at the protest? And I remember my hands shaking as I pushed myself up and said, I, I would like to speak. And he smiled and he said, OK, you will speak. On the day of the protest, I felt a lot of fear. You know, I wasn't a confident public speaker. But I remember walking up the steps and seeing 10,000 eyes looking back at me. And all I could tell them that, that this is a call to love one another, to be the love that we so desperately need right now. You know, I believe in divine timing, And I believe that each and every one of you sitting here right now, you were meant to be here right now, connecting to me and my story. Maybe it's for your story, maybe it's for your experience, or maybe it's for your loved one or a close friend that needs to hear this. Maybe you need to develop new eyes as you look onto pain and challenges. Maybe you need to look at pain as a spark that could transform you into the purest form of love. There's one thing that I constantly see. As us as a collective, we are continuously building walls between one another. We perceive ourselves as different and we judge one another. And maybe this is a call for us to really look at those walls and break them down so that we can all become divine love and we can all come home to our innate universal oneness. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. Centre for Stories is a not-for-profit organisation with charitable status. Our team is small and nimble and we love what we do. To help us continue doing what we love, consider a small donation. You can donate at centreforstories.com.